Cashflow Diary Podcast, episode 197. Welcome to yet another exciting episode of the Cashflow Diary Podcast. The podcast that teaches you insider tips, tactics, and strategies for creating leverage streams of cash flow into your life. Learn from top-performing entrepreneurs, business owners, investors, and thought leaders from across the globe as they share their secrets to success. Like what you learn on this and other Cashflow Diary podcast episodes? Go to learninvestingnow.com and sign up to receive powerful tips and information that will help you succeed as an entrepreneur and investor. Now, here's your host, investor, entrepreneur, business owner, educator, speaker, author, and master facilitator of Robert Kiyosaki's Cashflow Game, Jay Massey. Hey guys, gals, people of all ages, glad that you are here right now. One of the things that I want to tell you is we are preparing for a very special series that I think you're going to like. I'm not going to tell you what it is yet. All I'm going to say is it should exactly change the way you think about business. In the meantime, while we're preparing for that, what we're going to do today is give you another live Q&A. Hopefully, these are helpful. We find that our members like them, so I'm thinking that you're going to like them too. Anyway, here we go. Kyle, Jay, I have a seller who will do owner financing. If I could prove I could sell the note and cash him out, how would you conduct this conversation? I want to do the deal now without waiting around too long. I'm not quite sure what you're asking, Kyle, but what I would do is I would go and I would go and prove that I could sell the note. So go find a person who buys notes, find out what their terms are, and make that happen. Does that make sense? Um, yeah, it, it's find a find a person who's, who sells notes and find out what they're, how they want the note structured, and then make sure that you structure the note that way. Just make sure you structure the note that way. The number one thing with the seller that you need to know is how much time is he willing to give you? Like, can you have a year? Is, or how long is he carrying for? Because there's going to be a certain a point of that that's going to be seasoning required. But you can totally get it done. The second part of the formula may be a little difficult with the NOI DOS must be greater than or equal to 2.0. Could someone clarify that for me? That is where I got lost. What it comes down to, uh, Brandon, let me do some math. Can I go over here? Yeah? Are we good? So... What Brandon is referring to, uh, for those of you who may need a refresher, it's income minus expenses equals net operating income minus debt service equals cash after debt service. But specifically, what he's talking about right now in this is the ratio. He's talking about a debt service coverage ratio. So what we're, what we were saying is that in the debt service coverage ratio, you want your NOI divided by the debt service measured on an annual basis to be equal to 2.0 or greater. Now, those of you that w with experience, when I say 2.0 or greater, you know I'm being hyper conservative. Okay. So if you want to be more aggressive, you lower that number. If you want to be more conservative, 
you raise that number. But I will say that 2.0 is already hyper conservative, okay? So you can be more aggressive by lowering that number, 1.8, 1.7, 1.5. It's there to give you some margin if you make a mistake, period. That's really why it's that way. If Otherwise, you, you can do whatever you want at the end of the day. So uh, what it comes down to is, yeah, is getting to 2.0 difficult? Absolutely. But I'm also being conservative. It's not that it's, I was trying to make it easy. I'm just trying to give you an understanding of what you're doing and why this is important. When you do this, you're going to be in a position to where you cash flow. When you don't do this, you may run tight or red. You may have to write a check from year to year, month to month. This stuff, by being at two, it's going to be really, really tough. For example, one of my buildings is 100 and 82 units. We are at break even when we are 56% occupied. 56% occupied. That means nearly half of the building could be empty and I don't have to write a check. Whereas, and it also means that anytime we're above 50% or 56%, all of that's profit. So if you just do the math in this particular equation, let's take 182 units times 56%, right? Let me do the math right here. Do, 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 do. 182 times 56. It's 102 units. So this is 102 units equals break even. Even. Now, let's assume for the sake of this conversation, and I'm just keeping the number low on purpose, but let's assume, well, 182 minus 102, you can do the math, that's 80. Let's assume for the sake of this conversation that what we have is a, a $300 per month rent. What is 300 times 80? 300 times 80. I'm sure many of you have gotten to the number already, but I just want to do the math and make sure 80 times 300 is $24,000. That's $24,000 after all the stuff has been paid for. All of it. Does that make sense? It's all paid for. But $24,000 a month, once we get the rest of these units full, is nothing but free cash flow. Every, all the jobs are created, tenants are happy, people are paid, cable, electric, blah, blah, blah. 80 units left over. That's what we're talking about here, is building this building until that happens. And that's, that's the goal, 24000 a month, uh, to give you an idea of what that means. So 24000 a month, you multiply by that by 12, because that's, let's talk about it a year. That's a $288,000 net uh, income that's available in this particular instance. This is one building. The city has more than 182 units of housing available. It doesn't take a lot uh, for it to make a huge difference for you. But debt service coverage ratio of two produces things like this. Hopefully that makes sense for you. All right, it's, been, it's easy to shift negatively away from your dreams and shift towards it. Uh, we don't have to do any work to shift to, uh, negatively away from. <laughs> That's natural. It takes work to uh, defy gravity, right? Our gravity, our character, our nature shifts away from the things, the, 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 the virtuous character 
that produces and accomplishes. We don't have to do any work at all uh, to, to go down that, that road. The work is in shifting toward what it is that you want. Uh, and that's the work. That's the work. That's part of why you guys keep showing up on Tuesdays is to get the questions answered, hopefully get a little bit of re-energy and go back out there and do it again. That's my intent, right? That's what the Facebook group is there. That's why you should be participating. So they give you a little bit of energy, go right back out there and do it again. Um, because that's the, those are the actions and the habits that are going to keep you connected on those negative and down days. I mean, you can ask Tyler. He's had some down days, but he still has managed to stay connected. Sep, same thing. Haya, same thing. So many people, I can tell you by your activity within the Facebook group and with showing up here, how likely you are to be successful and stay engaged in the conversation and get to where you want to go. I can, those that are here, consistently are the ones that are doing it and those that aren't aren't you know uh and it's just that simple it's just so it's easy to you don't have to do any work you can, it takes no work uh to sit at home and watch Grey's Anatomy or the the apprentice or right now yes I like so you think you can dance so you can skewer me later I, I do watch it deal with it moving on uh, are taxes and insurance included in debt service? So does that count as a, as operating expense? Taxes, Tiffany. Okay. So taxes and insurance are up here. Uh, taxes and insurance are up here in, in part of the operating expense. Debt service is just that. It's the interest expense paid to the um, lender plus any principal. So this is principal and interest, but the taxes and the management and all that other stuff is up here. So keep that in mind. Jurgen, welcome. I, I saw you, you, you joined, you, you kind of added everything to your account. I mean, he's been aggressive in his learning. So welcome. Glad that you're here. Uh, how do I separate my pain and pleasure? Jurgen, just also, if you're, if you happen to be watching, I'm kind of curious where you're from. Uh, uh, with a name like Jurgen, I'm guessing you're not from the U.S., but I don't know. How do I separate my plane and pleasure? I know they're close in the scale of you, in the scale of the drawing you showed us. Yes, but I want to separate my pain and pleasure by not increasing my pain and not increasing my pleasure so much that I actually convince myself I'm being realistic. Got it. Jurgen. Now I understand. It took me a second to, to, to understand. Um, let's draw this. You guys have probably noticed I've been standing up a little bit more. We, we were missing uh, this. Was it this light? Yes. This light totally disappeared. And let's just say me with no light is bad, especially in a black shirt. You don't want that. Anyway, uh, <laughs> we have light again. So here we go. Um, if for those of you who remember what Jurgen is uh, referring to is inside the, the book Cashflow Diary, 10 Steps to Creating Wealth in Any Economy, you have this pain versus desire, or pain, uh, you, sorry, you have reality. Good Lord, it's my own example and I just messed it up. Reality is over here. Give you one guess at what goes in the middle. Um, and there we go, pain. Uh, and the whole thing, what he's saying is, and what I've always said is, we don't do anything until we're trying to close the pain gap, uh, period. So 
either A, your reality gets worse and the pain gets widened, the desire gets greater while the reality stays the same, but the pain gets wider. Or in some cases, you've been selected <laughs> by God, the universe, whatever, and your reality gets worse and your desire gets greater, and then you just got really massive pain. Here's the point. He's saying, how can I do this and still be quote-unquote realistic? Here's the thing. A little bit of pain, Jurgen, is still no motivation. A little bit. This is how people end up being quote-unquote overweight or, over, or underachieving. is because they add on a pound a day. It's not that big of a deal. And we get used to those little bits of pain. You must have that shock to the system. It's, there is no avoiding. I know you don't want to feel pain. Nobody wants to feel pain. That's why we finally get our butts in gear. It's because we're finally feeling it again. Ah, this hurts. I don't like it. I'm better than this. This is not the life I intended. This is I, no longer acceptable. All of those become the words and the language because the pain has become more than we can bear on a day-to-day -day basis. Until that happens, you're not going to do the necessary work. You're not, why disturb the status quo? Tell me why. There's no reason to. In fact, I was talking with a gentleman uh, in our database uh, like this the other day. He's just, his pain and his pleasure, his pain, or reality and desire are too close together. Too close together. He has no reason to, he, he can't, he's got to manufacture a reason by increasing his desire. His job pays him well, hours work, he's got time with his family, he does the things that he wants to do, and here's the killer. His friends look up to him as the example. Once that happens, you're stuck. Because now, they don't want, you don't wanna give up that admiration. You might fail. Oh God, what's everybody gonna think of me? He's in this weird trap until what he desires grows. He's not gonna be willing to risk what he's already got. And that happens to all of us in various different ways. You're gonna, I wish I had better quote unquote news for you, but if you read in between the lines of actually giving you the best news possible. Gladys, uh, when you first get someone interested, what happens if you don't already have a deal to invest in? This is where blind syndications come into play, Gladys, uh, so that you have the ability to hold on contractually to the funds, or you could just put the money in escrow. Have them put the money in escrow. Escrow will sit, let the money sit there. Uh, they might ask for how long is it going to sit there. You may only get 60 days or 90 days or something. They may only be willing to let it do so, but that could be one particular answer uh, to the question at the end of the day. Jay, regarding the sale of notes, do you recommend letting the buyer speak directly to the seller, the seller, the buyer, the buyer of the notes speak directly to the seller? I think that's what you mean. I feel like I will get cut out of future note sales. You probably will. That's not your business. Uh, but if there is no direct contact, the seller doesn't have any evidence that I actually have a note buyer and I haven't sold any notes yet. Got it. Um, you know, um, Kyle, at, at this, um, how do I say this? The, I'm going to use my, permit me if you will, to use myself as an example. There are many additional benefits that you guys partake of simply by being connected to the community. Um, some of these benefits, other people charge for them. For example, uh, I know that in the past people have asked for referrals to certain vendors. I know people who ask, who, who charge for access to their team and vendors. Uh, but that's, I, I don't, choose where you're going to make your money and do that well.
all that other stuff, just let it go. I'm not saying it's not valuable. I'm not saying there isn't an opportunity. I'm saying choose where you're going to make your money. Um, you, you can't be a jack of all trades. Just if you're not going to be a note broker, then don't be the note broker. Just make the introduction in the same way. And because you're doing the same thing, you're, you're trying to get paid for giving the guy a name. And okay, maybe he might, the, the, the note buyer might have some sort of referral process set up. And if so, great. If not, great. And if they only pay you one time, that's better than zero. The, what's more important is building that relationship, having that network, having uh, that person who is now in the back. I mean, the, one of the best ways to get a referral from someone is to give them a business, period. You'll be top of mind all day long. So the, just get paid for what you do and, and let the rest go. Uh, Deborah, in a blind syndication with money sitting, do you have to pay the interest or return on it? Uh, if you've agreed to do that, then yes. There is, again, you are literally baking a cake from the ground up. You're deciding what ingredients go in there. If you said you're going to, then the answer is yes. If you said you're not, then the answer is no. So that's totally your choice. Either way it goes, you're the one who has to sell it to an investor. Hopefully that makes sense. You know, interestingly enough, many times I get a very common question. That question being, you know, what's the usual way to do X, Y, or Z? What's common? What's this? What's that? What I want to usher all of us into is the away from that. There is no common. There is no prepackaged. There is no quote unquote standard. One of the things that happens, especially in the real estate world, is that you get to negotiate it to be exactly how you want it to be. What's going to be the best structure for the deal? Are monthly payments best or quarterly payments best or no payments best? Is it one large balloon payment? How do you want things to work? It's really up to you. And that also poses a challenge because you, you don't know what all the options are. And learning what all those options are does take some time. But once you've got it down, you're ready to go. Now, a number of you may already know, but I just want to make sure for the rest of you that you, if you want to catch a more of these questions, more of these answers, more information like this, uh, it's contained inside my book, Cashflow Diary, 10 Steps to Creating Wealth and in the Economy. If you want to pick up a copy for absolutely no cost, uh, all you have to do is go over to cashflowdiary.com forward slash free book. Again, that's cashflowdiary.com forward slash free book. Or you can send a text message. Keyword is book. Send the text the word book to 72000. Again, that's text the word book, B-O-O-K, to 72000. In the meantime, let's get you to some more Q&A. Day, I have more potential leads coming in that I can deal with. Yes, that's good. Uh, more than I can call back. Yes, that's good. How can I give everyone personal attention but sort the best apples quickly? Good job, Kyle. Uh, I don't know if you've been just paying attention to a lot of the techniques that we share here or what, but that's exactly what should be happening for all of you. Um, many of you, you you've got to have filtering techniques at some point. When you're building your business, at first you're like, God, will anybody talk to me? And then you're refining what it is that you have to say. And then after you've refined what it is that how to get someone interested, you're like, oh my God, Everybody wants to talk to me. And then what eventually happens is you get frustrated because everyone who wants to talk to you, you quickly learn, isn't someone you should be actually talking to. And then you must come up with filtering mechanisms. Some of the filtering mechanisms that I've shared with you already are actually the cash flow board game. 
uh, because that is a huge filtering mechanism. You've got to commit time. You've got to show up someplace physically and be there in order to, quote unquote, get a personal attention. That's one of the filtering mechanisms. If they are not in enough pain to show up to a cash flow game, they probably don't need or deserve your time. They may need your time, but they don't deserve or want your time bad enough. Because if they can't show up to the cash flow game, they're not going to stroke a check for a hundred grand or half a million or whatever it is that you're currently pursuing. So, uh, just, just keep that in mind as, uh, as well. So that should be happening for a number of you as you consistently implement, especially if you have access to lead machine. If you got access to lead machine, that's exactly what it is. You should have seven different lead generation techniques going at any given time. You should be building up to your 200 people, uh, in every category, uh, the sellers, the, uh, investors as well as the buyers. So you should be building that and that should be happening for you consistently time in and day in and day out. Uh, just as a, a quick update for all of you guys, cause I know you, you like, I, I like to hold myself accountable to what I telling you. We are now at the, I think it's around 60 to 70 per day. Uh, Mark, we're on our way. The goal for us is to get to 400. Just like I said to you guys, you got to get, I just want you guys to get five a day. Five yeses a day keeps poverty away, right? So we're between 60 and 70 on our way. Uh, we finally did do 100 in a day and that was exciting. And now we're, we're going to find a sustainable way to stay at 100 and then get over to 400. I'm doing the exact same thing and developing seven different auto in my case i'm starting to use automation to help segment and all of these things in your case simple things like networking events inviting people to show up to stuff that can help you understand should you invest more time with them or not now another so you say okay jay how, how does that work well here's a simple tool that i would use and have used when Kyle, I had, I had uh, somewhere, I think it was around 3000 people on one Excel sheet. And I was just like, I got a problem. All right. But I wanted to hold the cash flow game and I couldn't. I literally went over to voiceshot.com, voiceshot.com. And what we did is I, you can load up the Excel sheet and you can, uh, what I did is I recorded the message I needed to, to, to leave for everybody. And it was not so much the, Hey, have you ever considered getting involved in real estate investing? It was because you had responded to something regarding real estate investing or earning more money, etc. Here's what I want you to do next. And I was able to communicate to a mass amount of people that one message really, really quickly. Now, and for those that were there picking up live, I configured this particular software or service to actually call me. So, you know, you load up 3,000 people, you say from 8 a.m. to 3 p.m., make all the phone calls. When it picks somebody up live, it stops making the calls and connects to you and you talk to that person. You hang up, it starts making the calls again until you get someone live and you talk to them. I'm telling you, you will be dead, tired, and overly busy and your voicemail will explode. It will work but you better be prepared for it. I stopped doing it because it worked too darn well and I did not have enough man hours or people to respond to the interest. So if you, if you are feeling that pressure, I hope you're at least databasing those people, meaning you have an Excel sheet. I don't care if you're using three by five cards. It doesn't really matter what you're using yet. Uh, I want you to be using something so that you, if you, you can recall name, phone number, emails, and you have the ability to communicate to them efficiently and effectively, that's what it's going to begin uh, to be for you, Kyle. And then it should begin to be for a number of you. And I'm, I'm starting to get that, that type of question from a lot of you. 
like, hey, I'm, I'm generating leads, my database is growing. And that just means you guys are really, really digging in and doing the work uh, like I've been asking you to do, and I'm excited to hear those things. Jay, would it be cost efficient to do this with voice shot every time I have a wholesale deal? This might be too overwhelming. No, uh, that's also another good way of doing it. Yeah, if you've got a wholesale deal and you've got your buyers list, so here's what's going to happen, Kyle, because you'll be able to drive, uh, you'll be able to drive a demand slash a frenzy. So let's say you've got the same thing. You've got 200 people on your buyers list, right? Those 200 people, you know what they want. You send out, hey, we got this property. Go look at it here. Go do this, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's going to go to the first person who calls me back. What's going to happen is that when I hear that message, if I have a remote interest, I'm going to call you back, right? First come, first serve. Oh, my God, I want to call you back what it's going to do, it's going to train people to A, respond when you call, and when you tell them sorry too late, they're going to be begin to wait for that call, that email, that notification to come back faster. We're exploring doing that very same thing you're talking about, Kyle, using text messages uh, as well. We, uh, as well. So yeah. So just keep that in mind. Kyle J., also in your database, what do you track in addition to phone, email, and name? I try to track origin of the lead, last contact, make notes, but it gets jumbled. Maybe I should color code. Yes, uh, we definitely track origin of lead, uh, last contact. We, uh, we track a number of things, how many emails you guys click on, uh, how many times you guys are logging in to the website um, makes a difference. Uh, so we, we, it just about everything, dude, uh, is, is what we track. I, I mean, you know, areas of the country, uh, it, it's all, are you using a mobile device, Windows? I mean, a lot of the choices that we make from a technology standpoint is because for whatever reason, most of you guys uh, use a mobile device on an iOS platform. A lot of you open your email in the browser and the rest of you who are using an Apple device tend to use the little mail app or something of that nature. I don't know why, I don't care, but when I'm formatting emails and I want to make sure that you guys open and read them, guess what I'm focusing on? Does it look good on an Apple device formatted in the browser? <laughs> because I know that that's what you guys are doing and that's, you know, the, it, it helps us to serve you better. I also know how many people are in Europe versus the US, right? Uh, Billy's been after me. When is the Spanish Italian version coming? Well, there's not enough people over there yet. The UK is way ahead of our Spanish individuals right now. Same thing with Germany, way ahead. All of those things matter because we're, we're trying to serve the individuals, right? I have to know this stuff in order to make sure content's relevant, that we address the proper things. And as the Aussies come online, you'll probably start to hear more about how they do their financing uh, completely differently uh, as well. I mean, all of this stuff is stuff that we do to make sure that we can serve uh, all the markets. Uh, I know there's a huge demand for the Canadians. They they want some more information regarding the IRAs and well, not necessarily IRAs, but RRSPs up in their area. So we just interviewed a guy uh, for the podcast uh, who was able to give us some of that information or begin to be a resource for them. And I think that went live yesterday. So all of these things are, are parts of the things. It's, it's like, what do you want to know about the person that you're trying to serve as much as possible, you know? Uh, as much as humanly possible. The more that I can know about the person who resonates with the message and I can serve the best, the more services that we come up with. Why do you think I've gone through the trouble to find 
this service to be able to be on the phone with you at the same time. That was uh, not easy. <laughs> but you guys said, hey, this would help us. I'm like, okay, well, let's go find it, figure it out. How much is it? <laughs> and let's go from there. Does that make sense? So it's like, all right, well, I, I, all right, I found it. So now we're going to figure out if you really meant that or not. And if you did, great. And it's going to be a new level of service that we'll be, we'll be able to provide. All of that started with simple Excel sheets and zip codes and understanding what people want. Oh, Billy, Jay, what type of insurance company coverage should I be looking to purchase in the event I purchase a building that has been water damaged and no tenants? Got it. All right. Um, so th there are, you know, we probably need an insurance like course too, like a little four hour. I wonder if I could get my guy to do that. Anyway, something just because it's it's such it's an important topic and there's so many small little nuances when it comes to it, uh, Billy. So. Uh, the type of policy should be governed. The it's is you're probably going to end up using what is called a non-admitted carrier in that particular state, and it's so you, which is another way of saying you don't know the name of the company. You probably haven't heard of them before. Your broker should know. This is where you're going to want to use an insurance broker, not an insurance agent, because most insurance agents are what are known as captive agents, meaning they can only offer you the State Farm product if that if. If it's a state farm, you know, that, that's all they can offer you. This is where a broker has their advantages to be able to go to multiple different companies who typically don't do the advertising that you see on TV so that you have the ability to do it. Now, as far as the type of coverage goes, it's more going to dictate uh, who's living there and what you're doing to the building. Uh, so, for example, a water damage building with no tenants uh, is a different, uh, the, a water damage building with no tenants that you're about to rehab is a different policy than a water damage building with tenants that you're about to rehab, which is a different policy than a water damage building with, when you say building, it could just be one unit uh, that you're about to rehab versus where is the water damage? Are we talking the roof? You know, all of these things are going to play into the type of policy or policies that you need, especially once you start purchasing a, a, a complex that might have multiple buildings uh, and things of that nature. So it's, it's unfortunately not as straightforward, as simple as we might like it to be. Uh, however, it can still be done provided you got an insurance guy who's smart for lack of a better way, who literally knows his stuff. If your insurance person doesn't know their stuff, you're sunk period. All right. Uh, and you've got to know that from the beginning. It's one of those. It was the last real estate person I was able to replace. Right. Meaning I was doing the insurance and I was kind of really running my hands through it for a long time until I found the guy I got now. And the guy I got now is the best I've ever found. He's one of the only few that I ever met that knew more more about insurance than I did. And that made I was like, finally, I, I don't have to think about it. But so it's it's not just about the type of damage that's occurred. It's what are you going to do? What's the occupancy look like now? Uh, all of those things matter when it comes down to the type of insurance that you're going to need and the number of insurance coverages, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So um, it could be a lot. I mean, I, I mean, you know, we spend a significant amount of money on insurance. Jay, can you tell us about your first few syndications? I have seen the property flyers with team. An RES but I'm looking to create an executive summary that is clear and attractive, but I don't yet have a team member to create that extensive of a document, LOL. Got it. So Kyle, you're not going to like my answer. Um, 
I have never done a, a, an executive summary. Uh, I, I didn't have to do them. I literally, what you guys have received, that's the most extensive, quote unquote, executive summary any of my current investors have ever received. Uh, I've never put together a syndication and did an executive summary first. Didn't happen. I didn't start writing executive summaries, and even then, I haven't written them until recently when we've been trying to deal with uh, some tertiary lenders uh, in, in other marketplaces. That Now we're writing executive summaries. Um, so I can't give you one because never, I never did one. I did exactly like I've always shown you guys. I met the person. I played cash flow. After playing cash flow, we sat down at Starbucks usually, usually Starbucks. I, I did the enrollment converse, or sorry, the investor identity interview. Then we did the PAQ conversation and enrollment. And then we went on to the attorney and said, here's what we're going to do. If there was an executive summary, it came in the form of an operating agreement uh, that was being signed and notarized as, hey, now I'm a part of the company. That's it, my friend. So uh, I don't, I, I honestly, if you asked me right now, Jay, can you write an executive summary? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get on the phone. I'm going to call my CFO and ask her to write an executive summary. That's literally what I'm going to do because it's not a skill set I have. It's not one I've developed. Didn't worry about it. Those, those are the things that other people can do or you don't need them. <laughs> and, and any executive summary that anyone's ever received came from either my attorney or my CFO. Rich, learning the ropes of real estate investing, what is the best structure when I purchase a multifamily building, should I put in the LLC, especially if there are multiple investors? Got it. Rich, you are brand new and I can tell by the question. Um, you're going to get a lot of feedback from a number of members on that particular question. Uh, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Uh, we have a, a, a crash course uh, on um, uh, Capital Creators Crash Course. That's going to be the first thing I'm going to ask you to review. Secondly, then the Capital Creators Complete Course. Capital Creators Complete Course. So, so just so that I can, because I know you're new, let me show you where all this stuff is. All right. Uh, training. So when you log in, you're going to log in here. And I got passwords galore. So boom, boom. And when you log in, it's going to look like so, like this, right? So now you're going to log in. You're going to click courses right over here. And down here is the Capital Creators Crash Course right there. Boom. You're going to do that. There's two different versions, one in the studio, one not. Uh, so you can watch either one or both your choice, but it's 5.1 hours. Then you've got another 15 hours of study right here on the complete course. And if you do the homework assignments and everything else through, it's probably going to take you closer to 40 hours to get it all done. Uh, and you're going to have a better understanding. Because when it comes to deal structure, what we do, what I have taught, and what has worked successfully for a number of people, those that are in the chat room, etc., is we use this tool right here called the Profit Analysis Quadrant, the PAQ. We deal structure is the solution to the problem that is uncovered during what we call the investor identity interview. So the investor identity interview is something that you've not done yet, uh, and the deal structure is the prescription for the diagnosis. So we don't jump to LLC, LP, triple LP, FLP. Do I do a JV? It doesn't really matter. We don't know. 
The answer is we're going to use the best tool for the job and we don't know the job until we've done the proper diagnosis of understanding during our investor identity interview what that structure is going to look like. So now, will you, in my case, do I frequently tend to use uh, LLCs? Yeah, most of the time that, that has been the structure, but it has not always been the structure. There are times when we deviate from that because that's what makes sense relative to the benefits we're trying to pass on and the ones that we're trying to keep. Again, you got a lot of catching up, so to speak. We will be here to support you all the way through the process. Make sure if you haven't already, uh, click uh, the community tab to join the Facebook group so that you can get some more questions answered as opposed to having to always wait until the next you know, live, of, uh, live Tuesday or et cetera that where, we're at, where I'm here to answer the questions as well. Good, Jay. What are your thoughts on structuring seller financing on a property that is currently going through a trial home loan modification? Period. Ah, got it. This was that thing that you uh, you posted in in the Facebook group, Sep. And honestly, I would want that to be done before that. That's just really where I I, I wouldn't want to be under any sort of trial. I wouldn't want to be. Yeah, I just wouldn't want to be in some trial period. I would want to know what I'm committing myself to because typically at the end of a trial period, especially with a lender, they may. What if they decide to go through the underwriting process again? That could be um, problematic, uh, given everything that you you've shared and 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 what and whatnot. And I, 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 yeah, I would just want that settled. Let's just put it this way: I wouldn't do the deal until that was done. There you go. I'm gonna keep it simple. Keep it straightforward. Excellent. Justin has a question. So one of my brokers in Texas just presented me with a piece of land in Texas, 19 acres. Why does a piece of land in the word 19 acres not sound right? It sounds like piece is just too small of a word. <laughs> What's that? Is that right? Here's a little sliver. 19 acres. What? Those two things do not mesh in my head. Uh, his sellers wants 110000 for it. He lives in another state. Okay. And it's too much of a hassle at this point to him. Okay. It has already been zoned to build an apartment complex. You don't need 19 acres for an apartment complex. Um, but I have never built an apartment complex from the ground up. What should I do? Seems like a great opportunity if handled properly. You are seriously not, Justin. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna not be upset with you, Justin. I'm just upset that you're still, you, okay. Here's where the growth needs to be. Justin, what's your investor identity? You're asking the wrong question. Um, what should I do? The, the the best answer I can give you is, what do you want to do? Is this even within the realm of what you were trying to accomplish of your business or are you just chasing the dollar? We've had this conversation before. I know we have, all right? At some point, we need to get like a, a lower thirds and we can do hashtag carefrontation. Here, <laughs> here we go. But so the question is, is what you should do is get one step closer to your goal. Nobody knows what your goal is but you. Is there an opportunity here? Yeah, sure. But if it's not in alignment with what you were trying to do, it's irrelevant. You let them. So until I know, uh, remember guys, always answer these five questions in this order and you will be clear, all right? Here they are again. It's why, what, when, who, how. 
So in this particular case, let's apply this to Justin's question. So why do you want the 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 the, the land? Yeah, it's one hundred and ten thousand. If it was a dollar, what difference does it make? Yeah, there's an opportunity. Great, but you don't know what to do with it. Why do you want the land? What are you going to do with the land? You can do whatever you want. Just because it's been zoned for an apartment complex doesn't mean that's what it has to be. But what is it that you want your real estate business to do? Well, I want to build apartment complexes. Well, then great. Then this probably sounds like a good time to do that. It's like some of the steps have been done for you. When? When? When do you want to have this done by? Today? Tomorrow? When's the next time you'd like to get paid? Five years from now? Because if you're going to go through a build project, I promise you, you ain't getting paid for a while. Who? Who on earth has the skill sets to do this? Is this something I can do on my own? Or do I need a team? And if so, who should be on that team? Because I'm guessing it's not you in the sense of you're not the one who knows how to take this from uh, from the, 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 the land, get the land improvements, and then go vertical with it. Doesn't sound like you have the proper resources or connections either politically or organizationally or, or sorry, operationally to actually make that happen. And then once you know who, they're going to determine the how. Until then, you got to answer those questions. And if you don't answer those questions, I can't tell you what you should do. You probably, though, should just throw that one back into the sea and go find something you know how to do so you can get paid. But I don't know. There, it, there's just too many, too many variables, and you have to define them. No one can answer that question for you without understanding the destination. It's like saying, hey, Jay, I want to travel. Should I take a plane or a boat? Where are you going? <laughs> you know, I kind of need to know that, right? It's important. Well, uh, I'd, I'd like to go, you know, uh, to, to Antarctica, well, you should probably definitely not take a boat. <laughs> you might get stuck or a plane. I mean, I don't know. I've never been to Antarctica. I hear it's cold, though. My point is there's probably a best way to do that and get to that destination without understanding that, which you should have done already. That's why, that's why I'm a little upset with you because you should know the answer to this question. If you don't know your investor identity by now, Mr. Justin, you've been chasing deal after deal and dollar after dollar just trying to get a deal done, but not doing the foundational work that brings the clarity that we talked about in Cashflow Foundation. And, and, it's, and it's going to keep messing with you until you do. Tiffany's asking a question regarding keeping yourself motivated video. So if you haven't done this, especially for those of you in a trial, let me tell you where to go right now. So after you log in, right over here is the Cashflow Foundation. This is typically the first course I want everybody to complete. Uh, she's talking about videos number 10 and 11, 10 and 11. Uh, she said, uh, let me get back to her question. It was on a different screen. <laughs> How valuable is this here? Is this exercise to your life right now? Tiffany is just as relevant. It's just as relevant, if not more so. See, when you're first starting out your business, the person you're probably going to affect most is just you. If you do well, it just affects you. If you do horrible, it just kind of affects you. Maybe for some of you, it's you and a spouse. And some of you, it's you, your spouse, and some kids. Uh, after a while, you got a number of people counting on your every correct decision. Uh, and their, their income is, is in part 
due to your either great decisions or not so great decisions. And you've got to do your best to, to make that happen. This is another way of saying you, more pressure begins to build. And that's not including the tenants. Now, think about it this way. How, many, how much time do you spend at home? So now you're in control of one of the places that they spend the most amount of their time and you've got to make correct decisions about that too. Heaven forbid should there be hundreds of people and families that you have that to do for and you have a bad day. What does that mean? You better find and have a way to keep yourself motivated, baby, because it's going to happen. Of course it's still relevant today. In fact, a number of you know uh, we are working on the details. I don't, I still don't have the dates. We were talking about it today, but it's coming up and we're still narrowing in on the last weeks of September, save September 22nd and 23rd. We're still working on it. Uh, the hotels, people are just being a little bit slow. And I just think you guys would rather be more towards the water than inland anyway. So, uh, and we're going to be doing, we're going to be going through the whole cash flow creation system live. Uh, we're literally going to start people from the bottom and take you all the way through. Uh, you're going to leave with your business plan, your own personal cash flow diary. You're going to have all the techniques and things that you need. You're going to know what your daily uh, week or sorry, your ideal week is. You're going to be proficient at practicing the Pomodoro technique and moving at the speed of instruction. And we're going to be doing this live for a small group of select uh, of 12 of you who decide to come and join us. And um, it's going to be, you know, fun. Uh, and I, I, well, I'm going to have fun because I love, love, love sharing this information that's going to help you be productive. Many uh, of you, you, if you get too caught up in the how do I do this and how do I do that? You, you stop being productive and I'm going to do my best to give you the most productive techniques that I know. And we're going to do this in person to make sure that you guys leave, you know, ready to go, uh, literally. So business from zero to hero, uh, in a two day period, it's going to be fast. It's going to be furious. It's going to be awesome. Uh, nonetheless, and your brain might explode. So, uh, and one of the things that we'll be doing, Tiffany, is this particular exercise because it's part of what's necessary. So, and I'll be right there doing it with you because they're necessary. They're still necessary. It's always necessary. It's just necessary. All right. So that's going to be the end of that particular session. You probably have a couple of questions, but one of them uh, should be, how can I get more of this Q&A? That's part of what our members get access to is that we do this on a very, very regular basis. I let none of their questions go unanswered. Between the Facebook group uh, that we have together and between the live sessions of Q&As, they, they get their questions answered so that they can go out there and make money and do things related to their business to be able to make it all work. So, the other thing is you you heard uh, about this uh, in-person live event. I'm not going to, quote unquote, make it easy for you to get to it. Uh, all you got to do, though, is then if you really, really think you want to be there, uh, I, I warn you ahead of time, it, it's not inexpensive. But if you really think you want to be there, because it's only going to be a small number of people, as you heard, send an email over to info at cashflowdiary.com. And if you've listened this far, you're probably one of the ones who want to be there. It's been fun talking to you guys today. I look forward to talking to you soon. Until next time. 